I, I don't like this reading. <coughs> Um, and, uh, and the main reason is because uh, it, goes out, it, it goes to this idea of going out into the harvest and telling the good news. And I've kind of, every time I've heard it over the years I've been in the church, I've always felt guilty. Because I'm kind of not doing it. The Je- Jehovah's Witnesses do it. They knock on your door on a regular basis. And they do the job that we think, or at least I've often thought, is what's been given to us here. You should go and tell people about Jesus. But it's sort of a false thing, isn't it? You know when you get that phone call and there's a gap after you answer? You know it, don't you? Before I say any more. And somebody will say something like, Hello, how are you today? And you know, you don't know whether to be rude or not. or Anyway, you've just got to end it quickly because you know that they don't actually, they might personally, individually care how you are, but they're not, their job is not to care how you are, but to flog you roof restoration or some other such thing. It's sort of false. But you see, Jesus doesn't say, go out and tell people about Jesus or go out and tell people about me. What he does say here is proclaim the kingdom. Now look, Proclaim the good news that the kingdom of heaven is near. That a new regime is here. A new way of running the world is now present. That's what he tells the disciples to do. And and he was telling them to do it to their neighbours. Don't go to the other places. Later on in the gospel, um, in fact at the very end, Jesus sends out the disciples into all the world. But for now he says, just go locally. And Jews wanted a kingdom more than they wanted anything else. They knew in, from their history what a kingdom was like. Under David and Solomon, the golden age, and about 150 years before um, Jesus was born, the, the rising of the Maccabean Empire, uh, which for a short period of time, uh, the Maccabean kingdom was able to um, carve out a small kingdom of Judah, inside amongst all of the world superpowers then to be crushed by the Romans um, only 50 years before Jesus' birth. But they had this longing to be in charge of their own world, to run their own lives. But Jesus says, proclaim the kingdom of God. And the the kingdom, of course, is a very um, top-down version of how you run the world. We try to do it via a democracy. And even though we've progressed for a a long period of time over the last 40 years uh, into sort of seeing our Prime Minister as more presidential and we actually care what the Prime Minister thinks about things, we, in our system of government, we technically shouldn't care what our Prime Minister thinks about anything. It's what the, the democratically elective whole of government does that should be important to us. We've kind of shifted. Maybe we kind of are longing for that one leader like Donald Trump who will do it and and lots of his supporters think he's doing the right thing because he seemed to be a hard person, a tough person. But Jesus says it's going to be a kingdom and it's going to be the kingdom of God. So it's going to look like the king. They already lived in a sort of semi-kingdom at Jesus' time, run by Herod, who was a a, a puppet king of the Romans, um, and it took on the the kind of tenor of his life. He was a very cruel man. If you were a child of Herod, you were in great danger. He killed a few. He'd had a couple of his brothers off, and he was a very cruel uh, uh, tyrant. 
And so that's the kind of tenor that the kingdom has. A little bit like we might say is happening in the United States. It could be said that some of the, the terrible um, uh, persecution that we're seeing at the moment might well be because of Donald Trump's terrible use of language and his willingness to divide the world so much. So it takes on the tenor of whoever's the king, if it's a kingdom. shouldn't if it's a democracy, but it still does. This is going to be the kingdom of God. Well, what did God's kingdom look like? Well, it looks like curing the sick and helping people. It looks like, and there's a, where it says, cure every disease and every sickness. That's what Jesus invites his disciples to go and do. Another uh, translation of this, because apparently they're quite difficult um, Greek words to translate. Another translation is this, it is tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. Tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. That's the kind of way of running the world that God's kingdom is going to be. Imagine if that was the desire of our leaders. Imagine if that was the desire of Donald Trump to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. What the Greek word being used here is, is therapeutē, which we get the word therapy from, but which is which is paying attention to and caring for the heart of what our lives are like. So what does the kingdom of God look like? It looks like a place where everyone is tenderly cared for. Now, I don't know exactly how the disciples did their curing the diseases. I don't know how they did the raising of the dead. And there's not not much I can do with it because that was so long ago and I know that that's not happening here and now. So it doesn't really matter to me very much whether they really did raise dead people. I I don't know. Did they really cast out demons? All I'm saying is it's, it's so unlikely to happen today for me. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying it's so unlikely that... I can't plan my life around it. It's like I can't plan my life around winning the lottery, even if I buy a ticket. I could buy a ticket and I might win the lottery and it would be wonderful, but I really shouldn't use that as my basis for my economic planning over the next six months when I buy a ticket, should I? So I have to work from a, a different model. And the model, of course, we've used in the church over so many centuries is to collectively try and care for hurt lives and bruised lives. We've done it with, um, we do it through agencies like United Communities. We do it here through agencies like our Spire Community. We do it through Rest Haven and Elder Care in this state and Helping Hand. And it's not because, although some people may be doing this, it's not because we think there's poor people and we should do a bit of charity. But we do it because we want to live in the world now the way God wants the world to be. That's the proclaiming of the good news. It's the bringing into being. It's the living as if it were true, because it is fundamentally true, that the world is the kingdom as God wants it to be. That's the proclamation. This is what I, this is what I did write in last week's newsletter that, that we'll do as a conclusion. This is an invitation to all of us to be with, to live with all of those around us. And perhaps it is an invitation to see our community not only as the lost and confused, as we ourselves so often are, but like us, 
as people invited into the full joy, thankfulness and expectation of life. We have all received without payment, as Jesus says. We have all been given as a gift everything we have and are. And when we live like that, the kingdom, the world of God, truly has come among us.